0: Okay, you guys, here we go. She Runs Ultras episode number 71, and we are cruising right along. This is part three of six on how to run your first 50K. And in this episode, we're going to talk about strength training. I love strength training because this is how I started out as a personal trainer. And after I managed to get myself up off my living room floor, when my back gave out, that set me on the trajectory of trying to heal myself. And one of the early stops along that path was getting certified as a personal trainer. Now, if you don't recall that story, if you're listening to this and you're like, what are you talking about? You were stuck on your living room floor. Yes, you have to go all the way back to the very first episode of the show where I talk about um, how I ended up stranded on my living room floor and had to call for help. It is embarrassing, but I tell the story because it demonstrates just how far I have come. And it's probably quite relatable. Actually, I know it's quite relatable because more than a few of you guys have reached out and said that you've had similar issues or have faced something along those same lines that has really sort of catapulted you to this place of running ultras to overcome, insert an injury here, whatever, whatever your injury or setback or challenge was. Okay. So strength training, uh, for runners is a really big topic. And honestly, we could do a whole podcast, like a whole podcast series on just this topic. I'm sure there's probably even a whole podcast out there that's dedicated to strength training for runners, but I really just want to confine this discussion to the steps that you should take if you're just getting started integrating it into your routine. And I think I'm actually going to cover some stuff that you guys don't even know about. um, And that's the whole point. I want to bring it to your attention. Like most people would just say, oh yeah, get started. But I think there's some steps that should happen before that, that will set you up to be in a good place. And that's what we're going to cover today. However, I will say that if you have already started and if you are already doing some strength training, you can still benefit from this episode and you're going to be able to go through the steps and evaluate yourself to see if you skipped a step and maybe you should sort of rewind and start over. So I broke this down into just four steps that I think you should take and we're going to run through them systematically here. So the first one is assess where you're at which is also known in my world as understand what moves and what doesn't. Step number two is reviewing the running prerequisites and inventorying yourself. Step three is body weight strength. Like this is the, this is our entrance into strength training. And step four is build and integrate slowly and steadily. Okay. So Let's start at the beginning, assess where you're at and understand what moves and what doesn't. Now, one of the tricky parts about running is that you don't need much to get started, which is actually also one of the great things about it. But all you really need is a pair of sneakers and some comfy clothes and you're off to the races. No pun intended, but one of the biggest mistakes that you can make when it comes to running is just launching yourself right in without a real true understanding of your body. Now, if you've been listening to me for a while, or actually if you've ever practiced with me in person, you'll often hear me use the phrase understanding what moves and what doesn't. And this just refers to your body specifically, if we really want to drill down specifically your joints, right? Because that's really where the movement starts. Um, We're referring to your joints and, and which ones have a big range of motion and which ones are more limited. And the thing, the best thing I think the best thing that you can do for yourself is to use the shakedown that I've talked about a lot before to build up a picture and a better understanding of how your body moves or doesn't move for that matter. Okay. And if you've gotten to this far in the podcast episode, maybe you came in because you saw that I was doing this series on running your first 50 K and you have no idea what a shakedown is. Real quick, the down and dirty on the shakedown is that it's a movement practice that we do at the beginning of the day or as a warm-up to our run that systematically goes through the body head to toe and warms up our joints. Okay. So that's like the, the quick and dirty. I'll give you a link to it. Um, if you haven't gotten one yet, I'll give you the link to my free one. I'll put that in the show notes so you can go and download it and try it out for yourself. Okay. So when I talk about a shakedown, that's what I mean for those of you guys that are new to the podcast. So This step, this very first step, assessing where you're at, it's really tempting to skip this one, especially if you feel like you're time crunched or you just want to like get to the good stuff. Um, You want to get to the running part or you want to get to the actual strength training part, but not taking time to assess where you're at is sort of like, I was trying to come up with like a really good metaphor for this. And I think this works and I think it really demonstrates The concept that I'm trying to get across here. So, not taking the time to assess where you're at is like having a car with four tires, but each one of the tires is a different shape. It's like an oval and a triangle and a square and a hexagon. Like, technically, you've got the necessary parts, four tires, right, to drive that car, but they're not the most uh, efficient shape. Right now, you, as you sit here, or run here or walk here when you're listening to this podcast, like you have all the necessary parts to run and that's great, but it's likely that they're not operating as efficiently as they could be. And this is where the shakedown comes in. And this is why this is the very first step in the integrating strength training process, because we need to figure out what moves and what doesn't in order to make it move better. Okay. It's so simple and yet we skip this step in favor of like the flashy stuff or we just want to get to the good stuff. Like I said, all I can hear in the back of my head when I say get to the good stuff is that like song that's going around on Instagram and TikTok right now. It's like I'm not even going to bother trying to sing it (laughs) because I have a horrible singing voice So like... Is like the, the song goes like, can we get to the good part? And it's like, you know, that's all I can think about right now. Like, we just want to get to the good part <laughs> of doing the strength training and the running and we don't want to do the prerequisites. And I get it. Okay. But here's the deal. This is the foundation. Okay. He's <laughs> like, we can't skip it. We got to do it. So right now you have all the necessary parts to run, but It's more than likely they're not operating as efficiently as they could be. And so opening this portal, like doing the shakedown and understanding what moves and what doesn't is going to really help you because the more time you spend increasing your movement efficiency, the better off you'll be in the long run, no pun intended, when it comes to running, right? If you skip over this in favor of doing fancy stuff or just getting to the strength training or just doing the running, you're basically going to be driving that car with the four wonky tires and eventually it's going to break down because it's not optimized for what you want it to do, which is drive over a long period of time, right? Your body right now, most likely, if you're new to this, if you're new to the 50K distance, if you're new to running, you're new to strength training, you're new to mobility, you're not optimized for this thing. And that's great because now you have the tools, like you understand that this is part of the process. So don't worry if you're hearing this and you're like, Oh my God, I haven't been doing this. That's fine. Okay. That's the whole point of this series is to highlight the things that you should be doing in order to have a successful first 50 K. So we'll talk about this more next week when we get into mobility training, but it's also a really important component of strength training. So I wanted to be sure that we touch on it here too, but I can't emphasize this enough, enough. The best way to start assessing is by doing a daily shakedown. Now I Get emails. I'm trying to think, like, I probably get at least two or three emails every week from runners who've adopted the shakedown as part of their daily routine, and they rave about how good they feel, not only during their runs, but in their just normal day to day life as well. The shakedown will help you to see in real time what moves and what doesn't. Now, the caveat is that you can't fly through it at a breakneck pace. You need to really do it slow and under controlled. Um, And this information that you're going to get by doing the shakedown is what we'll use in the next step, which is understanding the prerequisites. But before we jump into that one, I just want to make sure um, that we're sort of all on the same page here. I wanna make sure that you understand that when we talk about movement, we're talking about greatest pain free range of motion. Okay, this is really important. A lot of times in the running world, there's a lot of talk about pushing through discomfort and getting tougher, um, but there's a real difference between that and pain or sort of discomfort and pain pain is unique to each person. Um, I'm sure that we all know somebody with a really high pain tolerance and some people who actually really don't perceive pain at all. So to talk about pain in a certain way is a, does it a real disservice because there's no universal language when it comes to pain. I mean, even so much so to say that like putting the hand on the hot stove, like my sister has a really high pain tolerance. Um, she might not even feel that. So even using a metaphor that we all can sort of resonate with, we wouldn't necessarily feel that the same way. So you should evaluate your movements based on your pain threshold. Okay. And one of the ways that you start to develop that and understand is, again, it's sort of like chicken and egg, you need to do the shakedown to understand your pain tolerance, but then you also need to do the shakedown. The shakedown is what will inform your greatest pain-free range of motion. Okay. So it's like cart before the horse, chicken before the egg, like all these things. So when you're going through all the movements and the strength training exercises, if you have pain or perhaps what I would call like a pinch point, like you might sort of have like your breath might shorten, you might be like, Ooh, that like, Ooh, I felt that that is what you need to have evaluated. Okay. I can't say on a very specific level, you know, do this, do that without watching you move because everybody is so different when it comes to movement. What's normal for me might not be normal for you. Um, and so everyone needs to be evaluated on their own individual basis, but getting ahead of this getting ahead of the pinch points and the pain and doing your greatest pain-free range of motion will be more beneficial in the long run versus pushing through and having it turn into something more serious, right? It's like, don't, you know, if your knee keeps nagging you and you have this sharp pain, when you go up the stairs, we need to address that, right? That's just not normal. So that's not something, I mean, any sort of sharp pain like that, is not something that we want to just try and push through. We need to come up with a solution for it in order to keep progressing forward. Okay. So greatest pain-free range of motion. All right, let's move on and talk about Uh, Step number two, which is review the running prerequisites and inventory yourself, okay? What do you need in order to run your first 50K? Now, you're probably thinking when I said running prerequisites about the shoes or the gear that you'll need during the race, but I'm talking about the physical needs of your body. So let me give you some examples from some other sports that might help to sort of frame this for you. So when you're a baseball or a softball player, you need really good range of motion and lots of strength in your throwing arm. Otherwise, that ball isn't going to go anywhere. When, let's say you're a ballet dancer, particularly one that dances on point, which is those shoes that are sort of squared off at the toe and they stand up on their tippy toes. You're really going to need strong feet and ankles and lower legs and calves. Otherwise you're going to be constantly rolling or spraining your ankle, falling, maybe even actually injuring your wrist as a result of the fall. So, when you're a runner, there's a whole set of things that you need as well. Um, the first thing I think you need is a spine that articulates well, meaning it moves in individual segments and not all at once. It's funny that this is the first thing at the top of the list because I wrote these notes to myself the other day and I actually just taught a spinal segmentation class this morning. And that's exactly what we worked on. And everyone in the class was like, oh man, this makes such a big difference in how just my body feels from before class to now. So if you can imagine, you know, this is just like a 60 minute class. Imagine what it would be like if you did that consistently, how it would pay off in your running. So Um, the next thing on my list is shoulders with a moderate range of motion, right? We don't need a lot of overhead motion, but we need to be able to swing our arms back and forth for hours on end, right? Like back and forth and back and forth. We need hips that have a lot of degrees of freedom or movement that can also generate the force required to propel you forwards and, um, bring you up and down the mountain, right? So to climb and descend, Along with the hips goes the knees and we really need knees that can bend past 90 degrees and we need the knee and the surrounding muscles to be capable of supporting you one leg at a time. Now, it's not just the knee that does that. It's definitely the ankle, the knee, and the hip in combination, but if we're sort of just breaking it down into its component parts, the knees need to be capable of standing on one foot the ankles need to move freely. They can't be sort of locked in at 90 degrees and they also need to be able to generate force and withstand rolling. Cause if you've ever done a trail race, it's very likely that you've rolled your ankle and having your ankle as a side note, having your ankle roll in or roll out should be acceptable to you within a certain range of degrees. And we need to train that as well. Like any inversion or eversion can't produce an injury or else it's going to be a long road to ultras. Okay. And last but not least, all of the lower body structures need to be able to withstand the forces imposed when you run and make contact with the ground. Just think about the, um, I don't have the stat in front of me, but whatever the stat is about how much, uh, like three or four times X your body weight Um, when you land on the ground, like that force being shot back up into your body, like we need to be strong enough to be able to withstand those forces, right? So those are some of just the basic prerequisites that you're going to need. Now, some of you come in with some of those already, some of you don't. And so again, I'm just, Continuing to make the case for the shakedown, but you're going to need to build up a picture of what you're working with, what moves and what doesn't. So there's more to running than just lacing up your shoes and going out the door. I don't want to make it sound like this is super complicated, but again, and you can sort of get away with not doing some of this stuff at the 5K, 10K distance, like maybe half marathon distance. But if you're doing a marathon and definitely if you're doing an ultra, this is sort of the stuff, you have, how you have to level up your game in order to be sure that you walk away from that race happy, healthy, and in one piece, right? And still liking running, loving the whole process and not wanting to just, you know, light ultra running on fire. Okay. And so I think a lot of times when I hear people who have done their first 50 K or maybe it was even a longer distance and they had kind of a miserable experience from a physical standpoint, these are some of the low level, really simple, but not necessarily easy things that you can start to implement that just raise your level of play like bring your foundation up make it stronger bolster you to be able to withstand the 50k distance um and so i think if you're somebody that experiences a lot of these nagging aches and pains or even recurring injuries You definitely need to spend some time in these first two steps, assessing and understanding the prerequisites because there's a lot of information that lies in there about what your weak points are. Um, I got this really great um, email from Annie the other day um, and she said how she used that phrase that I just said, like using the weak points to assess what she needed to do the next time. That She used that to get herself across the finish line of her first 50K. Like she started to identify the things that were bothering her during the race and after uh, a race, I should actually say her long runs. And she used that information to then start to work on those specific body parts and those joints and those areas. And she credits that for helping her get across the finish line and finish her first 50K. She was so pumped. I was like almost in tears reading this email because it was just so good. But like, it's such a demonstration of when you put in the work, when you take a step back And do what we're talking about here, sort of outlining the framework and figuring out how to create a good foundation that the stuff that you layer on top, it's almost like icing on the cake because you've created just this really good foundation. Anyway, that's a little bit of a tangent, but I wanted to demonstrate that there there is a real world, obviously application for this. And in real time, runners are doing this stuff and having really awesome, positive results. Okay. So the shakedown is what's going to tell you whether or not you meet those prerequisites Requisites, Okay. Pro tip, if you really want to do this well, you can either take notes during the shakedown and just sort of note, okay, my right shoulder moves really well. My left one, not so much. Even better, you can take this one step further and film yourself doing it. Um, I was just I told you that I taught that spinal class today, but I after class we were having a conversation about this idea that when we become less in tune with our bodies as we age because um, we just stop using them with the same variety that we used to as kids. And so we become less aware that stuff stops working. And we sort of one of them used this analogy of like turning into a granite block. And so you might fall into this category of being wholly unaware that you don't have the prerequisites. And that's fine. Again, I think the shakedown and filming yourself and then watching it back will actually show you what's happening. I mean, when I'm teaching class, this is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm moving, you're watching me. And then I'm actually looking at you and then giving you feedback because it is really likely that you have no idea that your arm is doing this funky thing. Like you just think that you're doing it. And you are to a certain degree, but there's a whole other world of movement that's accessible if you sort of make that brain-body connection. So filming yourself and then watching it back will show you exactly what's happening. And if you save these videos, it will help you track the changes over time. Like even I can go back and look at some of the shakedown videos that I filmed um, for my membership, for the Run Your First 50K group. And I can look back and say like, oh, that was when... You know, my hip was bothering me, or this was happening, or, you know, I had just come off of a race and I was sore. Like, I can see some of those things. And you, with some practice, will be able to identify those things too. So, what do you do if you've done the assessment and you've noticed that you've got some limitations when it comes to those areas, the specific prerequisites that I mentioned? Well, again, the first step is to continue with the shakedown because we want to always be giving the body the input of look, this is like, this is a conversation that like you're having with your body, right? It's like, look, I'm going to want to be doing this a lot. So get on board. Okay. And over time, the body will get on board. It's, it's this idea of the input that you give it is the result that you're going to give back. So you got to put in high quality input to get high quality output. The shakedown, and then you're going to add some focused mobility work to the areas that need it, based on your inventory of your prerequisites. Okay. This really sort of dips into more of the mobility stuff, which we're going to do next week. So, um, do this this week. So like get primed, start doing the shakedown and we'll talk more about specific mobility next week. Okay. But getting, uh, into the routine of doing the shakedown will help you get your body primed for the actual strength training. All right, let's jump into step number three, which is the actual body weight strength training. Now you might be curious as to why we're starting with body weight strength training. Um, and that is because <laughs> I'm a firm believer that um, everybody should be able to push their own body weight around before they start layering on more complex stuff like dumbbells or kettlebells or Nautilus machines at the gym or or even the TRX. Now, I love all of those modalities, but the very base foundation should come from you, should come from your body. So When we start with body weight strength, you get a, you get clear and immediate feedback on your capabilities, right? Just like we talked about with the shakedown. It's actually even more apparent when you start to do body weight strength stuff. Okay. Um, Is sort of said another way, it'll be really apparent where you're already strong and where you need work. And this is valuable information that will help you to progress your training quickly, right? So you probably have had an experience where you know that like my right side, my right arm is significantly stronger and more mobile than my left arm. And I can tie that back to, I used to play softball all the way up through college. So it would stand to reason because I asked for that, my throwing arm to over and over and over again, be more mobile and generate more power and force. And I never threw with my left arm. I mean, it's like night and day, the difference between the two. So that stands to reason. And you probably have an instance like that in your body where you can say, oh, you know, this is stronger than that, or upper stronger than lower or vice versa, right? We just there's always going to be some some minute imbalances and these are the things that we want to just understand another example of this is doing a push up right how many of you guys and i use this example not because i think it's a prerequisite that you should be able to do a push up in order to run a 50k but how many of you guys can do a full push up from your toes and not from your knees I mean, that's a really immediate piece, uh, an exercise that you can do that will give you immediate feedback on where you're strong and where you're not, okay? As a side note, however, I always feel like I have to give this side note slash caveat. Part of why you might not be able to do a push up from your toes is because you lack the core strength, not necessarily because you don't have the upper body strength, okay? But that's a discussion for another time. But just know <laughs> that if you can't do a push up from your toes, it's not entirely because you don't possess the upper body strength. You might just need some more core strength, but we'll talk about that later. Um, and this part of, I'm just trying to think of where I want to go with this next, but like this understanding that body weight strength is the foundation to everything else makes it a no brainer. It makes it so I just don't understand why anyone would skip this step when they understand that pushing around your own body weight is the prerequisite to all the other fancier equipment, okay? So really start to wrap your brain around that. So if you feel like I'm sort of asking you to regress and go back to body weight strength, really what I'm doing is helping to catapult you forwards. I've even had people who have come to me doing crazy CrossFit and kettlebell stuff, and then they sort of dial it back and go sort of back to the basics with body weight strength, and then they go back to whatever they were doing, and their weights just shoot up. Because they understand how to move, they, they've they built this base level strength, and it's just, like I said, it, it catapults you forward, okay? So everything you're going to do as a runner basically comes down to you being able to drag yourself around on the trails for hours on end, okay? And it just would be really wise to build up a solid foundation. And like I said at the very beginning of this point, I'm not poo-pooing any of these other forms of strength training at all. I mean, you probably have seen on my Instagram, I've got a, you know, a whole set of dumbbells, a lot of kettlebells, bands, straps, TRX, like the whole works just here in my house. Not to mention the stuff that I make use of when I go to the gym. It just needs to be understood that that fancy stuff, you have to sort of earn it and you earn it by building up a picture of what moves and what doesn't. And then you start to learn to push your own body weight around. I also want to throw the caveat in here that when you do body weight strength training, you start to understand your capacity to push load. And when you skip this step and you go to the gym and you know, you're, you're, maybe you're doing somebody else's exercise routine, things that you've never even done before positions or movements that you've never had exposure to. And then you start loading them up and you don't know if you can do a chest fly with, you know, 20 pound dumbbells. Well, that's not really the time to to start and figure it out. Like you need to figure out, do you have the shoulder range of motion to make that movement before you load it up? Okay. So I said, we were going to talk about how to get started in strength training. And this is the foundation to everything else. And so we're just going to talk about body weight strength, but the next logical question is what, what, body weight, strength, training exercises, should I be doing? Okay. And I think of it like this, we've sort of touched on these things already, but I want to sort of hone it into these two points. You should be doing the ones that help you get strong in the areas that you've identified from your prerequisite inventory, the things that you need to build up a good running foundation, that you need to do exercises that will help you to get strong in the areas that you've identified as weak from that inventory. Okay. And you also need to do the ones that you're cleared to do based on your pain free range of motion. We don't want to be loading up a bad movement pattern. Remember when we were talking about pain and pinch points, and this is a big one. I really want you to think about this. Now I give, I always give this example when I talk about, um, loading up a bad pattern because it's one that I see a lot. Um, And that's an overhead shoulder press. So I recognize that you won't necessarily be doing an overhead shoulder press unweighted, like without any dumbbells, but it really illustrates my point. Okay. So if on a daily basis, my shoulder range of motion is so limited that I can't raise it above the level of my shoulders, like the height of my shoulder caps, then an overhead shoulder press is not going to be part of my routine until I've had it evaluated and put in the time and effort through PT or focused mobility work to build back that range of motion. And yet I still see people trying to include things like this that into their routines that they don't possess. They don't own that range of motion. And yet they're loading it up under the guise of, well, somebody told me that this was a really good exercise for runners. So I'm just going to do it regardless of the fact of whether I own and control that range of motion, whether it's pain free or whether there's a pinch point. So that's sort of like the ultimate no, no. (laughs) Okay. Just think about that for a little bit, like really check in, um, and, and take an inventory and understand that just because somebody else said that you should do this exercise doesn't necessarily mean that it's the right one for you, okay? There are hundreds of bodyweight exercises that you could do. So I'm not going to list them off here because obviously the next logical question is, well, what should I do? But you can see some of the ones that I do on my Instagram feed and, and in Run Your First 50K, we, I give you a bunch of workouts um, that you can follow along with and will sort of walk you through the foundations so that you can build up an arsenal of exercises. But obviously, let's list off just a few here to get you started. Some of the big ones are squats lunges. I mean, there's like a million variations on, remember, we're just talking body weight only. So don't start grabbing for your dumbbells or doing any of that shenanigans. We're just doing straight up lunges. There's lots of variations there. There's lots of variations on planks. I'm big on single leg balance stuff. You'll see that a lot in what I do and also in the program and what I share on Instagram. Uh, Anything upper body pulling action that mimics running arms, so of course, there's like lots of shoulder stuff built, in, built into there and also back body stuff. Far too often, and this is just sort of like a blanket statement, far too often, we focus only on what we can see in the mirror and we don't do any of the back body stuff like Superman's. Um, I'm trying to think if I did that one recently that you can see it somewhere on my feed, but I'll start to share some more strength stuff on my feed so you can see it. Um, but like, that's, you know, that's a great place to start that list that I just gave you. You can make a whole workout. You can make six or seven workouts out of the stuff that I just gave you there. Okay. So let's get to the last point. Probably or arguably the most important part, which is integrating strength training into your running plan. Now, I have a whole module on this in Run Your First 50K. And again, we could spend an entire podcast episode just on talking about this one thing. So I'm going to try and distill it down to help you get started without going off on too many tangents, which, as you know, is kind of a problem of mine. But remember, There are some distinct phases in your run training plan. So let's break it down by those phases. And actually we'll start even before the run training plan. So if you're not currently training for anything, now is a great time to start strength training. Okay. If you're in the base building phase of your training plan, that's also a great time to start strength training. If you're in the build phase of your training plan, that's also still a good time to integrate strength training to start. Even if you're in the build, you can still start there. Okay. However, if you are in the peak or the taper getting ready to head into a race, that is not a good time to do any strength training, let alone start. (laughs) Okay. So if you're getting the taper crazies, if you're going crazy and you're like, Oh, now would be a really great time for me to start strength training. No, the answer to that is no stop. Walk away from the, from the strength training. Stop. Um, as well as if you're in the recovery phase, having just done a race, that's also not such a hot time for you to be doing strength training. You're supposed to be recovering. Okay. So don't beat up on yourself anymore. Just rest and relax and uh, wait a couple weeks, start to assess, do some more shakedowns. If you need to move, shakedowns are a great thing to do during peak taper and recovery. Okay. So if all of those are good times to start, right? Not currently training base and build, then when should I do it and how often? and i like to think about this like the greater than sign okay do you guys remember going back to back to like elementary school math with the greater than less than sign so the greater than sign is the is the letter v tipped on its side so that the wide open mouth parts point to the left and the tip points to the right okay This is, uh, this sort of represents how you want to think about the volume of your strength training as it relates to your training plan. You want to front load it, meaning that open end of the greater than sign. You're going to do more in the beginning of your training, your training plan and less at the end when you're getting ready ready for your race, just like we said above, right? So, um, peak taper recovery that's when we start to, we don't do, I mean, by the time you get to the tip of the V, the greater than sign, that's basically your um, taper, like your peak slash taper. And then we don't do anything else until we're fully recovered. And then we insert another greater than sign pointing in the same direction, big on the left, small on the right. Okay. Front load it, do more in the beginning and less at the end when you're getting ready for your race. So As for what days, how much, how often, this is the, this is the million dollar question. And there are some parameters around how much, how many days, how often, number of sets and reps and all that jazz. Okay. We're not there yet. What my answer to you for this is, because you're just getting started, do what you can execute on consistently. It makes no sense for me to stand here and try and tell you what to do when I don't know your life, your schedule, what your physical work capacity is, et cetera, et cetera. If we were working together, like if you were a one-on-one client of mine, or if you were in the group coaching program, like I could help you come up with a schedule and a cadence that made sense. But without knowing you personally, I'll just say this, showing up consistently one day a week and giving it your all for that one day a week for 20 weeks over the course of your training plan, right? Sorry, if you're doing 24 weeks in your training plan, showing up for 20 weeks, if your whole plan is 20 weeks, showing up for 16 weeks, or, you know, remember peak taper recovery, showing up one day consistently, is way better than setting the goal to do it three times a week and only showing up one time every other week and then going away on vacation and then going five days in a row when you get back and then being so sore that you can't move and then giving up entirely because you think you're just not good at this. Okay? True story. I, True story on that. All right? I would rather you show up one day a week and do it really well than go through that whole rigmarole that I just outlined. So do what you can execute on consistently. All right. Okay. So since our focus was on helping you get started with strength training, I think this is a good place to stop because I've given you a ton of information here and you'll need some time to sort of digest it and put it into practice. Now I could do, and probably will at some point another episode where we talk about what the next evolution of your strength training is. But if you're just getting started, this is plenty. Okay. Um, if you've got questions, you know where to find me, you can, you can DM me over on Instagram at find your ultra, or you can email me Megan at Megan gouldcom That's Megan with an H. And I mentioned this in a previous episode, um, but in case you missed it, I'm actually giving away the first 10 weeks of my signature 50 K training plan and you can snag it totally free. You just have to go to Megan gouldcom forward slash. 10 the number 10 week plan so that's 10 week plan all one word you'll just drop your info in there and then I'll send it to you and you can use it as a template to help you get started not only integrating strength training but just getting started on your journey towards your first 50k all right Next week, we're going to talk about mobility training. We sort of did some of that at the beginning of this episode. So your homework between now and then is to really dig into steps one and two from here. Okay. From this episode, assess where you're at, AKA understanding what moves and what doesn't via the shakedown. So assess where you're at using the shakedown daily or multiple. I mean, I do it multiple times a day. Um, and then step number two is re- reviewing the running prerequisites and inventorying yourself. Okay. So just, you don't have to go back to that whole list that I wrote out, but just start to think like, what do I really need when it comes to my joints and muscles in order to do this running thing? Well, and just sort of from head to toe, you know, make a little list. Like we talked about, we got to have some spinal articulation. We got to have shoulders that sort of glide freely. We got to have hips and knees and ankles. We, got to have all those things. And if you start to notice that some of those things are gunked up, like they don't move well, there's pain in those ranges of motion, like that's very informative. Okay. That's where we need to spend the time and do the work. All right. So in the mobility episode, I'll talk more about the prerequisites. So you'll have another chance to revisit those. And then I'll give you some tools that you can use to start building up your range of motion. Okay. We'll go through some exercises. We'll do a bunch of stuff we might even do a practice live. I haven't totally mapped out that episode yet, but I guarantee you it's going to be, it's going to be a good one. All right. That's all for this episode. You guys, I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope you found it helpful. Let me know, enjoy this beat and I'll see you all soon.